Welcome to a Lifestyle of Perpetual Transformation podcast. I'm your host, Bluen Busha. My hope is to equip you and drive you into greater spiritual depths with Jesus. I'm crazy excited about your journey because I know Jesus is celebrating you. So I want to celebrate you. Please don't hold back. Make sure you dive into everything we talk about. This conversation continues on the subject of emotions in a way. Um, emotions are a part of this uh, a bit, but basically based off of the last episode where we were talking about emotions and how there can be a set of lies that are driving emotions that are not beneficial to us or the people around us. So toxic or unhealthy. As I kept diving into that, I really felt the Lord was nudging me towards a different direction because I wanted to go after the lies. I was like, what are the lies? What can I stick it to the enemy and tell him, screw you, I'm not going to think like this anymore. And I really felt like the Lord was like, well, what about, what about the truth? What if you were to just focus your attention on the truth? What if your energy, uh, what if everything you invested in was the truth? What about that? And I was like, oh yeah, that, you know, <laughs> that does sound like it could give me a lot of peace. So let me, let me try that. So that came from a dream, essentially. Um, I had a dream and in that dream, I saw that this issue of offense was still in my heart and the Lord was showing me how to deal with it by meditating on his word. And as much as I was frustrated that offense is still an issue in my heart, um, I just wanted to, I, I was just like, what do I do? What, why can't I get this? And it, it was just the fact that I was going after the lies. And I felt like the Lord was saying, if you just, you know, I can, I can help you out with a bypass heart surgery. I can, I can do some quick work for you if you let me, but you just, just focus your attention on the truth. So as I started meditating on scripture, because the dream led me to Proverbs 19 verse 11, and as I meditated on this, so much started to fire up inside of me. I mean, like the fireworks were going off. The fire in me, like the passion and the desire for God was intensifying inside of me. And this is what the truth does. And it's so funny because I always know that when it happens, but it's so easy to get distracted when the enemy's in the room. And so I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I, When the lie is in my face, I'll deal with it, but I'm not going to focus my attention. I'm not going to focus my energy on identifying the lie. I'm just not going to do that. There'll be a time for that. I know the Lord will call me to that at some point for some purpose. As long as I'm following him, that's all I want. And that is the peace I need in my life. So anyway, Proverbs 19 verse 11 says in the Passion Translation, an understanding person demonstrates patience. For mercy means holding your tongue. When you are insulted, be quick to forgive and forget it, for you are virtuous when you overlook an offense. In the Amplified Version, it says, good sense and discretion make a man slow to anger. And it is his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense. And then in brackets, the Amplified Version says, without seeking revenge and harboring resentment. So I loved this, of course, because um, it was immediately addressing the issue of offense in my heart. And the Lord was telling me, if you just meditate on this, this is my bypass surgery on your heart. But what I loved as well is how it triggered something that I had heard from various ministers, teachers of the word, pastors, um, I remember hearing a few different times from different people that you can forgive, but you don't have to forget. And I remember the first time I heard it, I felt such a sense of relief because I was like, I can't forget. There are certain things I've been having a hard time forgetting. 
And so it makes it easier for me to accept that I don't have to. I'll go ahead and forgive, but I don't have to forget. But then the more I heard it, the more I was beginning to realize it was actually more self-serving than it was feeling like a righteous position to take. I was starting to feel some resistance, but I couldn't reconcile it because too much of me was willing to agree with the fact that I ain't got to forget what you did to me, but you know, I'm gonna forgive you. <laughs> Even when I say that, I could feel offense in me when I'm like, I'm not gonna forget what you did to me, but you know what, I forgive you, sister. That doesn't mean forgiveness has fully happened. So I was so happy to see in the scripture that it says, be quick to forgive and forget it. So I I had to repent for the fact that, oh, I, I thought it was okay to not forget. I thought I thought I shouldn't have to put put it upon myself to forget. But clearly, I need to forget. But this also reminded me of something that uh, Judith McNutt, she uh, and her late husband, Francis McNutt, they ran a healing ministry and they would go around teaching. I went to one of their conferences in Virginia a few years ago. And what they were teaching on or what she was teaching on at the time was that the body can hold on to memories and therefore manifest in it can hold on to memories that would manifest into an ailment in the body, whether it be in the bone or, or in an organ. And when she said that, it all made sense. I took so many notes. I mean, like more than 10 pages of notes at that conference, probably, yeah, more than 15, maybe it was a copious amount of notes and her content, it was so rich and her delivery was so full of love. I was convinced that it was from the heart of God. Because when she ministered after she taught, I saw people get delivered, their bodies being healed, their heart being healed at the same time, layers and layers of trauma being erased in a moment because the Lord touched them and brought them healing. So this scripture brought me back to that memory. I had forgotten about how the Lord, through Judith McNutt's teaching, inspired me to forget. But then I was inspired by somebody else's teaching, you can forgive, but you don't have to forget. So the moment I took that one that was self-serving, that teaching that was self-serving, I took that and elevated it above what I knew God was speaking. So the moment I did that, of course I forgot what was initially taught to me, what was initially convicting my spirit and settling in with peace. So now that I've got this scripture and I'm making this connection again and receiving the word of God, I will forgive and I will forget. And I need to repent for what I believed and what I was practicing. For me, it does not work. I believe whatever the word of God says I should follow. But you know, some people, maybe it works that they don't forget. For me, I don't want it to work. I would rather just do what God says and it gives me peace. So, but the more I dived into, dove into this, I realized, okay, so I need to forget while I'm also forgiving. Because then I guess if I'm not forgetting, I may not be forgiving properly. And therefore, it's either if I'm forgiving or I'm not forgiving. So I want to be fully releasing anybody in my life. So I thought about the words that are used. The Passion Translation says that you are virtuous when you overlook an offense. The Amplified Version says it is his honor and glory for a good man to overlook transgression. So then that reminded me of Proverbs 25 verses 2 and 3. It says, God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory, but the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all that God says. The heart of a king is full of understanding, like the heavens are high and the ocean is deep. 
I love how this says, okay, so God is the one who conceals and it's in the hiding place of his glory. But in the kings, you and I, scripture calls us royal priesthood. So we're like kings and priests in the kingdom of God. And as such, in this identity, in this role that we play in his kingdom, we have the honor of forgiving. And in, that puts us right back in the hiding place of his glory. And there goes both honor and glory happening simultaneously, as it says in the Amplified Version, that it is his honor and glory to overlook a transgression, which of course would be the same thing inside of the word virtuous. The virtue we received was in Jesus. We gave him all of our sins and he says, I've finished it. I've cleaned it off. I have forgiven you. I've washed it all away. I said to Tilestai, the debt is paid in full. Your zero balance is real. Like it's a real deal that you have a zero balance. And then we go, if we're not forgiving someone, or if we're not forgetting, like in my case, in my remembering this, I'm still seeing that there is a debt. I'm still seeing that you owe me something. And so when I see that the scripture is saying, God conceals revelation in his hiding place, in the hiding place of his glory, the virtue that he released into me when he said, I forgive you. And then I have the honor of saying to someone else, I totally forgive you. I, I'm totally going to just forget about it too. Because that's what Jesus did. This just blows my mind. The more I meditate on it, the more peace and joy I'm getting at the same time, because it's amazing to me to think about how things are reversed in the kingdom of God and all of it is glorious. For a king on earth to bow down in front of someone else, it would be considered crazy because if he's a king, he's got the higher authority. But in the kingdom of God, we are submitting to his word. We're submitting by saying, I'm not going to hold this against somebody. I'm not going to remember it. I'm going to forget it. I'm going to forgive it. And that is our total submission. And it's honorable. Like we're actually standing in our glory given to us by God when we release somebody of their debt. So this is just magnificent to me. I just cannot wait to see how this word transforms me the more and more I meditate on it. Because to think about the glory of God coming when I stand in the honor he gave me to be one of his own, a chosen one, a defended one. And then I could just lower my head, bow my head, stretch out my arms in my worship towards him. And then I just see him going through this process of bestowing his virtue on me again, all because I was like, you know what? I'm going to forget it. I'm going to let it go. And he's like, well done, my good and faithful servant. And we're like, you know, it is my honor. So as I've been studying this, I just want to tell you what happened. And I want to give you uh, some, I want to encourage you to do the same thing I've been doing. Because back in episode 12, I started to talk about how I've been practicing a style of prayer in stillness or in silence. And the reason why I started practicing that style of prayer is because I was, uh, I stumbled, I literally stumbled upon literature about the Desert Fathers. And when I read this, when I was reading some of this work, I was amazed and I was so drawn into this practice, this prayer style. I, it just felt like, oh my gosh, this is, this is for me. This is, this, this is the way I'm called to pray. This is the way I'm called to commune with God. This is, I know, I know with all of my molecular being that I'm called to reside in God through stillness, through this style of prayer. And I know it's going to be powerful, but I didn't really know, like I was struggling to connect with it. 
in a real way. And then I, of course, a friend of mine, her name is Shatira. She's the one who told me about this uh, silent retreat center that I can go to and practice this style of prayer. So of course, that's what inspired episode 12. Because in practicing that style of prayer under the direction of a priest, I was able to get this clear mind, this absolute clarity that broke through my mind when I was experiencing a moment of offense, two moments of offense that were compounding. And in the moment of this sharp clarity, this moment of discernment, I was able to see how offense was causing strife in my life. And all of that strife, all of that offense, all of this trying to run away and do this self-protecting, all of that was working against my communion with God and my relationship with man. So I started to meditate on Proverbs 19 verse 11, and I'll tell you what happened because I did it in the stillness area. I did it through this style of prayer where I was being still. Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. And that's essentially how I understand uh, practicing silence, that style of prayer, practicing silence. Literally, my mouth ain't moving. Inside of my heart, I'm not even praying. Unless when I see something, I thank God. I praise him. If something is trying to interrupt my moment of silence, then I would praise God. I would thank him to keep my focus on him. Other than that, my heart and my lips are not actually creating any words of prayer. I'm not formulating any sentences. So this style of prayer has moved me into this place of really receiving from God. What I'm receiving from him is causing me to be shifted into a greater place of awareness of who he is and who I am as his daughter and how I can be free in that moment of clarity, not just in that moment, but how that perpetuates throughout my days. So anyway, I would love for Shatira to come on one day. We are actually planning on recording an episode together one day, and she knows it so well. She's a charismatic Catholic, (laughs) which is so cool. She has a really interesting testimony, so I can't wait for her to share with you her understanding on practicing stillness or practicing silence and prayer. Um, The way she articulates it is so much better because she understands it a lot better than I do. I'm simply trying to practice it, but the girl's got the knowledge on it, okay? So she's gonna come on at some point and talk about it. In the meantime, what I want to encourage you to do is take Proverbs 19 verse 11 and meditate on it. Go to BibleGateway.com and get the various versions of this passage. Uh, You can also, of course, do Bible.com, but the Bible Gateway has uh, a a longer collection of versions, translations that you could choose from. So once you find something that you feel resonates, I want you to just sit in silence with it. Take every word, and as if you're eating on a piece of meat, chew on it. Take your time with a section or a word. Like for me, the word virtuous was very meaty. So I had to stay and chew on virtuous. I'm still chewing on it. Um, Well, actually, in my case, I took the Passion Translation and the Amplified version, and I'm chewing on those two versions because while the Passion Translation uses the word virtuous, the Amplified version uses it is his honor and glory. So I'm chewing on these things while I'm in silence in the presence of God while I'm just believing his word and accepting it as my truth and letting it do its transformation on me letting it take my mind let it take letting it take my heart letting it shift my perspective in the process what's deposited is his peace and his joy 
Scripture says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So this is what's happening in the moment of being in silence. Be still and know that I am God. His kingdom will come while we are in that presence, when we are in that moment of stillness. What happened to me while I was meditating on this the first time is my mouth literally started to feel like somebody had placed oil in there. Not a lot. My mouth wasn't like slippery <laughs> or anything weird like that, but it was really bizarre. I started to think maybe I had actually put something in my mouth that caused it to feel oily, but I didn't. I did not actually, even right now, as I'm speaking about it, I'm getting a little bit of that sensation again, but this is what happens when we encounter God. He can encounter us in so many different ways that are tangible. And those tangible ways that we can experience in the physical is actually a supernatural experience that we're having. So I want you to meditate on the scripture and I want you to take it on and don't look for an experience per se. I want you to expect that God is responding. I just don't want you to box yourself in and say, I'm going to expect to see a light or I'm going to expect to hear a, a huge sound or I'm going to expect to get blown out of this place with the wind that gusts through like a hurricane. I don't want you to limit yourself. I just want you to be open to how God will meet you in this place of being still. Again, his word says, be still and know that I am God. But you have to be still. If you start thinking it has to happen this way or that way, then you might be letting anxiety in. And we don't want anxiety to get in there. We just want to be still in his presence. Document whatever your experience is. If you experienced profound peace, document that because that's the kingdom. That's the kingdom of God that manifested on you. If you experienced joy that you felt like it came out of nowhere because you were so upset earlier, or you have a reason to be angry, if that joy falls on you and it's heavy, document that. That's the kingdom of God that just manifested on you. If you are recognizing how you are holy, how you are righteous and you are pure, you are immaculate, you are beautiful, you are made for greatness, you were made to change the world, you were made to bring impact, you were made to do things that are bigger than what you're currently doing. If you start to feel that way, that's the righteousness of God manifesting on you. There are so many different ways he will manifest himself towards you. But whatever the form of God's presence encountering you, I just want you to not run away. Don't shut down, <laughs> but just continue to say thank you. Continue to say yes, Lord. Continue to say more, Lord. However long you could sit there, soak it up. And then just try it again the next day, and then the next day, and then the next day. But the more you document your experience, the more you could see what's happening. It's so encouraging to see the kind of progress that you're going to go through. And it just keeps you wanting more. So I just bless you with that. And I pray that God will open your eyes to see more of his kingdom as you dive into understanding your virtue as a king and priest in his kingdom, as one who can be honored and giving forgiveness and forgetting somebody's transgression. I pray that you experience healing in your heart wherever somebody else's offense towards you has been so supremely painful, so deeply wounding, that you will be able to receive an exchange. God's forgiveness, God's covering, God's mercy, God's grace, God's love, God's peace, everything that is good about him, that you would receive that over the wound and let it take it all away. I thank you, Father, that you have so much more for us to explore in your word. I thank you that you are going to take us on this incredible journey 
on seeing your virtue, seeing your glory, seeing your honor, seeing it manifest in our own lives, even through our own mouths, even as we perceive things around us, I thank you that you are shifting our perspective, that you are taking us higher. I thank you so much, God, that we will never be the same again as we continue to dive deep into your word being still in your presence and knowing that you are God. If you are not a believer, but you are so interested in knowing Jesus, I want you to say these few simple words. Jesus, I realize that you are the son of God and you could take away my sins forever and change me for good. So I receive your salvation and I give you myself. And I say, transform me from the inside out. Let me be your servant. Jesus, we love you. You are so beautiful.